Come on, if you need a breakthrough, I've been here. Let me hear you make some noise. Habakkuk 2.4 says the just shall live by faith. But how does one do that? Live by faith. Let's find out today on another edition of Faith to Live By with Pastor Larry Millender and Pastor James Salter. I said breakthrough is coming. Breakthrough is coming. Thank you for tuning in today. This is Pastor Larry Millender, and this is Faith to Live By. I'm on the program today by myself, Pastor James. My co-host is out of town, and uh, we appreciate you tuning in today. I believe that we have something today that will be an encouraging word to you. Uh, something that will lift up your spirits no matter what you're going through, no matter what you're facing, no matter what the situation or circumstances may be, the adversity that you're uh, dealing with in your life right now. God has given me a word, and I recently preached this uh, as a sermon at our church. And I believe today that it is a word that will inspire you and help you to keep holding on no matter what you're going through today. I titled this message, Your Forgotten Friend. And I want to start today, if I can, in the book of Proverbs, chapter 18, verse 24. It says, A man that hath friends must show himself friendly, and there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. This message today is not necessarily about the friends that you have in your life, but it's about a friend that the Bible mentions that is with us continually. And that friend is named Hope. Hope is a friend that will stick with us through thick and thin, through the ups and downs, the lean times, the abundant times in our life, the times that we're facing things that we don't think that we can deal with in the natural. Hope is our friend. I believe today, all of you that are listening to this program today, I would just venture to say today that all of us have at least one friend. We've got someone that we would call our best friend forever, our closest friend, or someone even a friend that's like a brother or like a sister to us. From a worldly perspective, I've heard it said that friends are a dime a dozen. Many of those that we consider to be friends are merely acquaintances. I saw something this morning, a Facebook post. It was a, a meme, a cartoon, and Someone had posted a picture. It was a funeral parlor, a church service of some kind. It was a, a homegoing ceremony for someone. And the casket was in the front of the church, and there was two people sitting there. There was a lady standing at the back of the, the room, but were two people sitting in the chairs, one on either side of the building. And the person standing at the back said, I thought there would have been more people here today. This person had 2,000 friends on Facebook. Well, the people that's on your Facebook friends list are not necessarily friends. They are acquaintances. And they may not even be acquaintances. They're just someone who has befriended you on Facebook. You may have never seen their face, never had a conversation with them, but yet we consider them to be friends. As I said earlier, from a worldly view, a worldly perspective, friends are a dime a dozen. They may be here today and gone tomorrow. A lot of things about friends that are important to us, a real friend won't bleed you dry. They won't suck the life out of you. A real friend, one that's there that I would call a friend like a brother. They're there to help you. They're there to encourage you. They're there to inspire you. They're not going to bleed you down. They'll enhance your life. They'll make you better. And they will be there. A friend who is a real friend 
will be there through the thick and thin and when it looks like your world is completely falling apart. All of us should have at least one friend. I have said repeatedly over the years as a minister, I don't have a lot of close friends. We have a lot of acquaintances. I have two or three great friends that have been in my life for 35, 40 years that we're like brothers. We talk on the phone occasionally. We text each other occasionally. We inspire each other. We encourage each other. We cry on each other's shoulder. That's what you can do with a friend. And those two or three that I have in my life, they are there for me. I know that without a shadow of a doubt. They would, as we say, cut off the right arm for me. I'd do the same for them. They're my brothers. And they're few and far between. But many of us have one or two of those in our life. So let's think about it today when we talk about hope being the friend. And the word says here, there is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. There are several things in the Bible that I think that we could refer to as our ally. An ally is one who is on your side. It's like having an ally in a battle, in a war zone. If they're an ally, they're on your side. If they're not an ally, then it's a good possibility they're, they're an enemy. A real friend in your life, such as hope, and that's what I'm sharing about in, in this message today, is hope being a friend that will be with you for a lifetime. A real friend's there for the long haul. They will be with you when you weather the storms of life. They won't turn from you. They won't run when things get bad in your life. You can count on them. They are with you. I remember one time many years ago as a pastor, someone told me, said, Pastor Larry, I want you to know I'm with you, but don't count on me. And I thought after they said it, how can they be with me if I can't count on them? A real friend is dependable. They're reliable. They're trustworthy. They're honest. So let's talk about hope and the friendship that you can have with hope. Hope being the friend that's closer than a brother that's never going to leave you. Uh, never going to forsake you. And the Bible has a lot to say about hope. So I want to share some thoughts with you today as we get into this message. Hope is a friend that every one of us can, can have. The Bible says that God's not a respecter of persons. He doesn't uh, favor you any more than he would favor me. He doesn't favor me any more than he would the next person. Everything in the Bible is for whosoever. And today, as a whosoever person, you can choose today to have a life that's filled with hope. Hope as a friend is amazing. He's loyal. He's faithful. He's dependable. He's reliable. Hope as a friend has unquestionable character. One thing about hope is hope will never pull you down. Hope will always lift you up. I remember as a young preacher back in, I guess, would be, had, in the late 70s, perhaps, 1978, 79, early 1980, a lady in our church, First Assembly of God Church in Carabell, I was the worship leader, older lady, she played the piano, and she asked me one time, Miss Wilma Norris, she said, Brother Larry, what has God called you to preach? What has he called for you, you to do to tell the church? And I said to her, Miss Wilma, God has called me to preach a message of victory, to inspire people to help them to be everything they can be, to do everything that God has called them to do, and to have everything that God has ordained and destined them to have. 
And I said to her that day, standing in the front of the church, she was sitting at the piano. We were, I think, getting ready to practice a few songs or something. And I said to her, I don't have to preach people down. They're already down. My job and my aim and my goal as a minister of the gospel is to lift people up. They're beat down in the workforce from Monday until Saturday. And they're not coming to church for me to beat them down. They're coming to church for a word of encouragement, to be inspired, to live better, to do better, to have better, to serve God on a greater level. So that's what I aim to do in ministry is to inspire people to have hope. I remember young Christian back in the mid-70s, people would say, because I was on fire for God, had a passion in my heart to serve the Lord, having come out of the world, the things that I had been doing. When I made the decision to serve God, I made that decision with a 200% pledge that I was going to serve God with everything in my heart. And people would say, no, don't set yourself up for a letdown. I don't want you to get your hopes up too high. But today, listen, child of God, I want you to get your hopes sky high. I want you to dare to believe, to trust God, that no matter what's going on in your life today, that you serve a God that is more than enough. He is more than able. The Bible says, now unto him who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. That's Ephesians 3 verse 20 from the King James. Well, I want you to know today that God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all. And those four words connected together is what what inspires us to have hope regardless of what we're facing in our daily walk. So as we get into this message today, I want you to let the seed of hope spring forth in your heart and um, grab hold of it today. The Bible has a lot to say about hope. It speaks of this friend. that I've named Hope many times. I did a little Google research, and when I, when I Google the word hope, how many times the word hope is mentioned in the Bible, it says that the word hope is mentioned 129 times in 121 verses. That's a lot of mentioning of one thing, of one word. Whole denomination, church organization have been built on one scripture, but here we have where one word has been mentioned at least 129 times. So I think if something's mentioned that many times in the Bible, that we ought to pay attention to it and give heed to it. Hope is an amazing thing. It's revealed from page to page to page in the Word of God. We find it from the book of Genesis all to the way to Revelation, and especially in the book of Psalms. The book of Psalms is filled with messages about hope, and the book of Proverbs talks about hope. In Proverbs chapter 13, verse 12, it says, Hope deferred maketh the heart sick, but when a desire comes, or when a desire is realized, or there is a manifestation of a desire that you've had in your heart, then it becomes a tree of life. When when we don't have hope, and, and we've cast hope aside, it makes the heart sick. So today I want to inspire you to dare to believe, and to, to allow this precious friend that I've called Hope to come alongside of you and to help you through the crisis of your life and the situations that you're going through. This friend that I've named Hope is not a boisterous friend. He's not loud. He's not pushy. He's not demanding. In a way, he's the silent type. You know, we, we have a few people in our lives sometimes that 
all they do is talk. Many of them talk about their problems. They talk about their issues, their drama, what they're going through. But hope doesn't do that. Hope doesn't overshadow us or overpower us. He, he's rather silent and quiet. But when you can't count on anyone else, you can count on him. Because I truly believe that hope is a friend for a lifetime. So, as we share from the Word of God today, let this concept of hope inspire you to dare to believe God, to help you through whatever you're going through today. In Hebrews 11, verse 1, it says, Faith is the substance of things hoped for. It is the evidence of things not seen. Now, faith is an amazing quality. I love to preach about faith. I think I'm a faith preacher, have been for 40 years thereabout, and I love to preach about faith. Faith is an awesome, awesome spiritual attribute. It's a quality. It's a, it's a fruit of the Spirit, but yet it, it's a force in our life that can cause the supernatural manifestations of God to occur in our life. It is an amazing quality. Thank God that we have faith to dare to believe. And the Bible says that we having the same spirit of faith, we believe, therefore we speak. Paul, the great apostle, said, for we walk by faith and not by sight. He said in Romans, for the righteousness of God is revealed unto us from faith to faith. The Bible is a faith book. It's a faith manual. It teaches us how to dare to believe. And, and especially in the Gospels, we see so many instances in the Gospels where people have dared to trust God through the things that they're going through in their life. Some things that they're facing are, are illnesses and, and uh, things that have occurred in their life that have been out of their control. They can't do anything about them. And we see where Jesus speaks to a number of people and commends them for their faith. And he, he says, your faith has made you whole. And he says concerning a couple of them, such great faith I see here. He said, I've not seen this kind of faith in all of Israel. But think about the centurion that had the servant that was sick unto death. And Jesus marveled at that man's faith. The, the Syrophoenician woman who had the daughter who was uh, possessed of the devil. When, when Jesus answered her when, when she needed a miracle for her daughter. Jesus said, it's not right to take the children's bread and give it to the dogs. But she said, yeah, Master, but even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the Master's table. And uh, Jesus said, oh, this is great faith. He said, I've not seen this type of faith in all of Israel. He commended her for her great faith and her daughter was healed. So faith is an amazing, amazing quality to possess. Remember, Many years ago, probably back in the mid-80s, I was reading in a Reader's Digest one day, and it was the famous quotes of people, quotable quotes, I think is what it was referred to back then. I'm not sure it's even in the Reader's Digest anymore, but used to it would be like two pages, side by side, quotable quotes of famous people. And there was one of Corey Ten Boom, who endured the Holocaust with her family, great woman of God, turned to be a great woman of God, a great woman of faith. And she said this, and it was on the page of the quotable quotes as I was reading that day. She said, faith is like a radar. It sees through the fog the reality of things at a distance that the human eye cannot see. What an amazing description of faith. Remember seeing on a church sign many years ago as I was traveling, preacher said, the man that lives in the region of faith shall dwell in the realm of miracles. Faith is a supernatural quality that we develop by trusting the word of God. Paul said in Romans chapter 10, verse 17, he said, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word. 
So faith is an awesome thing. It's got great potential. It has the ability to move mountains. It can create something out of nothing. In the Bible, we see where great faith healed the sick. It raised the dead. It produced miracles. And the reason it did all of that is because it is a spiritual force. It is a dynamic spiritual force that has the ability and the capacity to do what the natural uh, things in our life cannot do. So let me expound on it a little bit today. Hebrews declares concerning faith that is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen but you can see there that the foundation for any measure of faith is hope you cannot have faith without the element of hope you have to have that friend that that friend that i'm naming hope today you have to have that friend in your life uh Develop hope. Let hope grow. Let it spring forth. Let it become a wellspring of life to you. I was studying this over the weekend. And once again, as I said, I had Googled it. And it, it, the word hope, and how many times hope is mentioned in the Bible. It said it's mentioned 129 times in 121 verses. And it, and it described hope. It said hope is commonly used to mean to wish or to make a wish. Its strength is in the strength of the person's desire. But in the Bible, hope is the confident expectation of what God has promised. And its strength is in his faithfulness. Now get this today. When we hope in God, we begin to trust him. We're not trusting our ability. We're trusting his ability. We're looking at his faithfulness, that he doesn't change. He declared, I am the Lord and I change not. He's the same yesterday today and forever. So hope, whatever it is today, you may have a terminal illness today. You may have gotten a report from the doctor that says there's nothing they can do. You may have gotten a pink slip from your workplace that said they're cutting back and you're going to lose your job. You may have gotten a notice from the bank that they're going to repossess your house. Whatever it may be today, regardless of what it looks like, you can have hope today. That one seed of hope in your life can change everything because the strength of hope is in the amazing faithfulness of God you know the Bible says in in Mark chapter 11 verse 24 says what things soever you desire when you pray believe that you receive them you shall have them so just substitute the word desire there with hope and what things soever you hope for when you pray believe that you receive them and you shall have them you're not going to have any quality faith in your life without having some type of hope. I've heard people say, as long as there's breath, there's hope. That is true. And I've seen folks over the years that have been in some times and situations in their life where they wanted to throw in the towel. Well, as Pastor James Salter has said numerous times on our broadcast, he said, if you've thrown in the towel, just pick it back up. Pick that towel back up because God's not done. You can have the faith today that can create a measure of faith in your life to cause your circumstances to change. You know, the Bible says in Romans chapter 12, verse 3, it says, God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. Didn't say he's dealt to every man a measure of faith. He said he's dealt to every man the measure of faith. The same measure of faith that you use to get born again to experience new birth, to get saved, as we say, to come to Christ, to change your life from 
sinfulness to righteousness. That same measure of faith that you use to get born again is the same measure of faith that you use to dare to believe God. And in order to have that type of faith, you've got to start out with hope. Hope is the foundation principle for any measure of faith that we're going to have. As I Googled this, it went on down to, to say there was page after page after page concerning hope and faith. When I Googled it, it says uh, faith and hope are defined in the dictionary as follows. Faith is confidence or trust in a person or thing or a belief that is not based on proof. And hope is an optimistic attitude of mind based on an expectation or desire. That's an awesome statement, and I think it is a great description of the difference between hope and faith. It goes on to say, faith says that it is so right now, and hope says that in the future it could potentially happen. Even in our life, I think sometimes we get disappointed because we get out on a limb, we step over the line to dare to believe God, and maybe sometimes we don't see those results in the time frame that we had hoped for. And we tend to say, well, it didn't work. I'm giving up. But I want to encourage you today to keep hoping. I want you to get your hopes up today. Uh, Create a desire. Hope comes from that desire or longing in your life. And we'll get to that in just a minute. So um, as we define hope today and look at the, the origin of where hope comes from, just bear in mind today that you can hope in God. Psalm 39 verse 7 says, And now, Lord, what wait I for? My hope is in you. We hope in the Lord. If we're ever going to see the hand of God in our life, we have to create a desire, a passion, a longing for the things of God. And uh, you may have been beat down, busted and disgusted, as we say, so broke you can't pay attention. But yet you can still have hope. You can have hope in God that he's going to bring you out of that. Many years ago, I heard a preacher uh, preaching along the lines of what I'm sharing today. And he was talking about hope. He said many people today, even in the church world, they don't have any hope. They've lost hope. Uh, they've, they've been through so many things in their life that they're def- they feel defeated. They feel that they're they're. They're tired. They're worn out. They, they're fatigued because of the things they went through. And as he was preaching, he defined hope. And he said, hope is simply the confident expectation for something good. Back years and years ago, remember watching Oral Roberts' program on television, and I think his group of singers were called the World Action Singers back then, and they would start every broadcast with a little song, Something Good is going to happen to you today. Jesus of Nazareth is passing your way. What a, what a song. It was such a simple song back then, but it set the stage and, and, and built uh, an expectation in multitudes of people that followed Oral Roberts' ministry. It built a great expectation in their heart that something good was coming their way. You know, it's kind of like the man who fell from the Empire State Building. We call him an optimist. He falls from the Empire State Building and 50 floors down, he says, so far, so good. Well, the pessimist would look at it and say, nothing ever good happens to me. 
nothing good ever comes out of this. The optimist sees the glass half full. The pessimist sees the glass half empty. So it's a choice that we make. We can choose to hope in God. Uh, Pastor James has defined hope a number of times on our broadcast when we've been talking. And he said, when you have hope, it, it is an expectation something's coming. And you, with an outstretched neck, you're reaching forth for what is out there, what's about to happen, what's about to come to you. And I think about the Olympic runners. And I remember watching on television the last Olympics. And I think it was the 100-yard dash, 110-yard, 110-meter dash, whatever they call that short race. And um, many of the runners were running and watching them. Without exception, when they would come near the finish line, uh, putting everything they had in, all of their energy, every ounce of strength they had to finish that little short distance burst, they would get to the finish line. And without exception, every one of them would stretch out their neck. They would lean forward toward the finish line. And even in the last Olympics, we saw one of those persons. He actually was declared the winner because as he approached the, the finish line, he was maybe a step behind the person that was in front of him, but he, he dove head first across the finish line and they declared him the winner what an expectation and i think when in the things of god when we are daring to believe god we have to reach forth with that outstretched neck as if something is right there we're right on the edge we're right on the 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 edge of a miracle right on the brink of a miracle i've said before don't give up on the brink of your miracle don't quit at the threshold of your breakthrough you've come too far to quit you've invested too much to give up just keep holding on to your hope because hope has a way of turning things around. When we think about the athlete in that race, and he's, he's leaning forward there at the end of, of that race, uh, whatever distance it may be, especially in the short distance races, like 100 meters, they're leaning forward with their outstretched neck. We need to lean into the things of God the same way with an expectation that something good's about to come our way. You know, you can be negative or you can be positive. And, and I have been in ministry now for over 40 years, pastoring and pastoral ministry for almost 35 years between associate pastor and being a, a head pastor. And most people today in the church world are living defeated. They have no hope. They have no faith. Or if they have it, they're not using it. They're, they're just sitting on the sideline. They're not in the game of life. They're just sitting there. And instead of them making something happen, they're just letting things happen in their life. You can create a brand new life, a brand new way of living. You can create new circumstances, new situations in your life with a seed of hope. You know, it's like this. A few weeks ago, I was on the elliptical machine in our uh the back room of our house, our sunroom overlooking the river, and I was on the elliptical and I happened to look out on the deck. My wife has many potted plants out on the deck and uh, all kind of plants. That's her little safe haven out there where she has breakfast in the mornings. And we, she put a dish out there beside the railing of our deck and we put bird seed in there, wild bird seeds, a mixture of bird seed and corn and and uh, sunflower seeds, that type of thing. And she started putting the seed out there in that little round dish that's hanging from a, a pedestal in, on the deck. And the, the squirrels began to get it. So a few birds come, because I have a bird feeder there, but the squirrels began to come and get it. And as I was standing on the elliptical machine that particular morning, I was looking out that window, and I happened to glance at one of those potted plants 
sitting on the floor, sitting on the deck, in the middle of, of, of that deck. And right in the middle of that plant, I saw a stalk of corn. It was probably 14 to 18 inches, maybe 20 inches tall. And I, and I stopped for a moment and, and I thought about it. A squirrel that had been in that dish eating had picked up a kernel of corn, probably to, maybe to take back to his nest or whatever. Many times they're they're eating in that, that dish. But evidently that squirrel dropped that kernel of corn and it fell into that flower pot. It was not planted. It just fell in there. The little squirrel didn't plant it. That seed, that kernel of corn, has a nature. And the nature of that little kernel of corn is to produce something. That's what hope does. Hope is a seed that produces something. When you have the seed of hope in your life, you can dare to believe God for anything. So I want to inspire you today, and we'll come back on another broadcast and continue this message, but I want to inspire you today that no matter where you are in your life today, whatever you're going through, whatever you're facing, maybe today is one of the bleakest, darkest days of your life. Know today that God is on your side, and the Bible says if God be for you, then who can be against you? Hope is the friend that will see you through and carry you through to victory in your life. You've been listening to Faith to Live By with Larry Mellinder and James Salter. Larry is the senior pastor of Church 360 in Tallahassee, and you're invited to join them for Sunday services at 9 a.m. and Wednesday services at 6.30 p.m. And find them online at church360.life. James is the senior pastor of Summit Life Church in Crawfordville with Sunday morning prayer at 8 a.m. and worship at 10.30 a.m. And Wednesday Life Group is at 7 p.m. Find them online at summitlifechurch.net. To hear past programs, look up Faith to Live By in your podcast app. And join us every Thursday at 11.30 for Faith to Live By here on Wave 94.